0: Welcome to Good to Grow with Emily. This is our inaugural episode. Woo! In future episodes, I plan to have guest hosts to talk about some really interesting, important topics, but for today, I'm flying solo. So, the plan is for today to talk about TikTok and its impact on our relationships with food and our bodies. And I do want to say before we get going, that this podcast is not a substitute for mental health care and resources are listed in the description of the episode. So um, if anyone feels that that is something that they might need or might be interested in, all of that will be included um, in the notes. So I thought it'd be helpful to start out by just describing what TikTok is. I know you know, unless you've been living under a rock, that you probably have heard of it, probably have some, you know, understanding of of what the app does, but essentially, in a nutshell, it's a short video sharing app that allows users to create and share 15 second videos, 30 second videos, and I think 60 and maybe three minutes. I think the three minutes might be new. Anyway, you can create them on any topic, And since its launch, the the TikTok app has, you know, grown tremendously in popularity. I know I noticed a huge surge during the quarantine um, in hearing about people using it. I mean, that's when I heard of it. My sister introduced me to it. Um, It's been around for a lot longer than I thought. In October 2018, it was the most downloaded photo and video app in the Apple Store globally. And the app reports that it has amassed over 500 million monthly active users, with the US being the most popular country where it's been downloaded over 80 million times. So TikTok is incredibly popular. Um, it's been around since 2016, 2017. Um, but it's really surged in popularity within the past couple of years, um, I think. And it's really popular with a wide range of people, actually. I think the majority of TikTok users are, you know, um, teens, young people. But there are so many people who are both content creators and consumers who are a lot older like in their 90s my 60 year old mom loves tiktok and she's always telling me about the latest hack she saw or um you know a, a new recipe or some funny video that she saw she really loves it so tiktok is for everyone and it's creators and consumers come from a wide variety of backgrounds and, um, you know, create a lot of diverse things. But for the purpose of this episode, I'm really going to focus on food and body-related content. Additionally, um, I think it'd be helpful to describe or define body image as well, because I think that there are some, you know, different ideas that people have about what it actually is. So, Body image can be described as the perception, thoughts, and feelings people have about their physical self. It includes body shape, size, and appearance. A research team um, led by Thompson and Vandenberg in 2002 proposed a four-component model to define the multi-dimensional concept of body image. So the first dimension called the affective dimension, refers to the feelings and emotions one has towards their body. The second is the cognitive dimension, which includes the beliefs people hold about their body. And the third is the behavioral dimension, referring to actions people might engage in, which are related to the perception of their body. So this could include dieting, restricting, um, disordered eating, excessive exercise, and then the last one is the subjective satisfaction dimension, and that refers to one's global satisfaction with their appearance and body. So now we're going to get into the nitty-gritty. So if you haven't been on TikTok or haven't been exposed to food or body content on TikTok, I wanted to describe the different types of things that you might encounter if you um, We'll talk more about the algorithm in a little bit, but if food and body content were things that were were coming up for you um, based off of the algorithm. So one of the most common food content topics on TikTok is what I eat in a day. And the what I eat in a day hashtag boasts 3.6 billion views. And um, oftentimes these videos are young adults, adolescents, mostly women eating, um, I mean, there are exceptions, but a lot of them are eating dangerously few calories per day, subsisting on a hyper restrictive meal plan. Also, you'll see a lot of exercise content. So different people's exercise regimens or do these exercises to target this specific part of your body or um, a lot of people who are fitness influencers will, you know, they'll start the video off with a image of their body and some sort of caption that says, do these exercises to get this body or eat this particular meal plan to get this body. Also, a lot of people will post specific calorie meal plans. So they'll say, you know, here's what I eat in a day on XX amount of calories, but Um, They'll actually have the numbers in there. Really quick, throughout my time doing this podcast, I really want to make it clear that I am going to try my best to avoid talking about specific target behaviors. So um, that could be, you know, specific ways that people restrict their calorie intake or specific ways that people... um, or amount of time that people exercise or the things that they're specifically doing as well as potentially triggering numbers. So I'm not going to give numbers about weight. I don't want to give numbers about calories. So I will be blocking that out and either plugging it in with blah 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 or xxx Um, But if anything I ever say is triggering, please call me out. I do not want to trigger anyone. I want this to be a helpful tool rather than something that potentially makes having a healthy relationship with food and body more challenging. That being said, back to the type of food and body content on TikTok. TikTok there are also videos that are um people saying i lost this much weight eating this and doing this exercise here's how you can do it too a lot of eat this not that so um, replace this particular food with this for less calories or less fat or you know whatever it might be there's also a huge eating disorder recovery community on TikTok and I think it's both helpful and it can be hurtful. Um, Eating disorder recovery is a really isolating experience for a lot of people, and so to feel less alone and to feel encouraged by people who are also going through it can be really helpful. But I think it can also be harmful considering that a lot of people who struggle with eating disorders also struggle a lot with comparison. So if somebody shows a video where they're eating less on their meal plan. Somebody with an eating disorder might be triggered to restrict their meal plan because they don't wanna be eating more than that other person, for example. And that's just one example of how it might be hurtful and how it might be helpful. I think there are so many other, there could be a separate podcast episode on this alone, um, but there's a lot more to that as well. In terms of more positive food body content, There are a lot of really interesting, um, diverse recipes, so you get exposure to a lot of different meals that maybe otherwise you might not encounter. Also, a lot of people who, um, you know, post videos of themselves trying on bikinis in, you know, quote-unquote normal bodies as opposed to, um, you know, the types of bodies that you see on ads for bikinis or um, in magazines or on social media that are digitally altered. It's um, real women in, in real clothes or swimsuits. Also, people post different outfits from different stores on, um, again, on like um, people, like people in larger bodies will do it, people who identify as plus size. Um, people who are in straight-sized bodies, um, all across the gamut, people showing this is what this particular clothing item from this store looks like on my body. And I think it's really helpful to normalize that when you're shopping online for clothes, the, the way that the clothes fit the model aren't necessarily how they're going to look on you. So I think it's helpful for people to get that exposure and to see, you know, how things might look in in real life rather than what they look like on this one person, on this one site. Also, what I eat in a day as um, a woman in a larger body who doesn't want to lose weight, that's one that I've been seeing a lot more that I think as much as I still am not really on the what I eat in a day train, I think that that can be a little bit more helpful that not everyone who does these what I eat in a day is trying to lose weight or trying to restrict their intake. So, in those videos, people tend to be eating more diverse varieties of foods, um, different with different like nutritional profiles as opposed to kind of like the same things every day. Another really interesting thing that came out of this past, like during the quarantine this past Christmas season was um, the Advent calendar challenge. So Advent, it was like ED, eating disorder, Advent calendar for people in recovery. So what people were doing was creating these Advent calendars that under each day, rather than having like a piece of candy or whatever you typically put in your advent calendar, if, if you are someone who does advent calendars, they would put a different challenge every day to help them in their eating disorder recovery. So one day it might be to go get um, a fear food with a family member. Another one might be to cook something that is scary with a family member um, or a friend going out to get a particular thing with a friend. So that was really cool and a very encouraging um, experience for a lot of people. Um, A couple of my patients actually created these and um, they were really sweet. They showed me some of the videos and that's how I found out about it. Also, a lot of people who struggle with disordered eating or um, eating disorders have done a lot of these food challenges. So they would film these TikTok videos of them reaching into a container where they listed a bunch of fear foods on individual pieces of paper and would take one out each day and film themselves going to go get whatever food that was and um, showing themselves eating it. So there are some good things as well as some maybe not so helpful things in terms of food and body content on TikTok. What makes it particularly challenging is that um, the algorithm of TikTok doesn't help you to like really curate seeing helpful and not harmful content. So It can be a non-stop delivery of millions of videos promoting dangerous eating behaviors, exercise regimens, and unrealistic bodies based off of how you're interacting with content in the app. So every time someone watches a video or likes a video, comments on a video, that tells the TikTok algorithm, yes, I want to see more of this. And so they'll just continue to show you more of it. Um, If you... Swipe really quick through something and don't watch the video, then I think that also tells the algorithm something. Um, and there's also an option to say not interested on particular videos. So if there was something that you really didn't want to see or that you didn't want part of your feed, you can select that and that also um, gives information to the algorithm. So that's kind of the types of food and body content on TikTok that I have heard the most about, um, as well as, like, seen, you know, um, from patients and things. So, I know there's a lot more out there, but I just kind of wanted to give an overview of what is traditionally out there right now. Now, I really want to move into research on TikTok and body image and food. And... Unfortunately, there's not really much out there yet. Like I said, TikTok is like less than 5 years old. And um I think with everyone being in quarantine, it kind of brought to light the the issues that come with TikTok when it comes to body and food. So the research is still emerging, but I was able to find a really cool qualitative study that I would love to share with you guys and It was a study done by Greta Hulsing. The title is A Qualitative Study on the Influences of TikTok Consumption on the Body Image of Adolescents. So, the objective of this research was to investigate the influence of a relatively new social network, TikTok, on the body image of adolescents. And I want to add that. There are also some emerging adults who participated in this. Um, there were 16 adolescents slash emerging adults ages 16 to 21. In general, most participants believe that there was a connection between TikTok consumption and body image and that the likelihood to engage in social comparison does also play a role. Participants fell into three different camps when um the researcher actually went through and coded the qualitative content. So, the first group were the participants who experienced a negative influence of TikTok consumption on their body image. They especially related this effect to the content that they consume. The negatively associated content featured videos in which ideal bodies were presented. So, like, the thin ideal or... um, There were, like, half of the participants were actually males, and so a lot of them reported that the fitness, like, quote-unquote, fit bodies um, with extensive musculature were, um, like, the ideal bodies for them. One participant mentioned that he mainly consumes fitness content, which negatively influenced his body image. He said, if you look at what creators I mainly watch, for example, bodybuilders, you often get sucked into this and wish you could be like this. He also said that he perceives TikTok as a platform that especially pushes ideal bodies. He said, the app works like this, that videos that are received well are also recommended to more people, and especially videos of people with the ideal body are often perceived as better, they get more likes, more shares, and are pushed by the algorithm. Because of this, you get to see these ideals even more, and this can have a really negative influence on body image. Despite the expected negative influence on TikTok consumption on body image, like I said, some people actually reported a positive influence. Especially female participants reported a positive effect on their body image as they perceived TikTok as a more realistic social media platform compared to Instagram, um, because a lot of times on Instagram, I I think it might be easier to digitally alter photos as opposed to videos. But anyway, um, one participant said that if I compare... TikTok to Instagram you only have pictures of for example beautiful models or influencers that post pictures of themselves and everyone thinks they're beautiful. On TikTok however there is more appreciation for the body more than just mere presentation. I think this is more profound than just pictures and this actually helped me to accept my body for how it is. Participants who experienced a positive influence stated that they associated it with body positive content, which often features videos of people presenting realistic bodies with imperfections like stretch marks or body fat. On the other hand, interestingly, some participants reported their TikTok consumption does not affect their body image at all. Participants mostly argued that this was because they either don't consume content related to body image um, and and that's probably due to the algorithm, or they're just not sensitive regarding this topic. One participant said, "I actually don't think so because I know what is real and what is fake. I mean, I would say everyone is a bit influenced by it, but I think I have a good impression of reality and that I can differentiate what is real." and that I can't compare myself to it. However, some of the participants mentioned that although they believe in a negative effect, they do not think it applies to them, but rather to people who strongly engage in social comparison and also younger people. So one person said, I can imagine it for other people, especially younger ones. If there's like a 14-year-old girl in the middle of puberty and she also... Um, is exposed to these perfect bodies, I I think that it might be dangerous, especially if you are still so young, impressionable, you really relate that to yourself. So, all participants agree that social comparison does play a role in how TikTok consumption influences body image. A higher level to engage in social comparison was associated with a lower body image by the participants going to take a sip of my coffee so one participant mentioned that um if people use tiktok who already have problems with always comparing themselves to other people that this could make it even worse if you then also scroll for one to two hours a day you will be even more confronted with these perfect people and that can influence you even more Some participants also associated a strong likelihood to socially compare with others with a low self-esteem. A person said, if you always compare yourself to others, this is, in my opinion, also a sign for lower self-esteem. And if you have low self-esteem, those videos have a direct effect on you. If you are permanently confronted with perfect people, your self-esteem will be worse as you... always think, I don't look like this. I don't have a flat belly. I don't have the perfect big butt. There's definitely an effect. Nevertheless, not all participants who strongly engaged in social comparison did also have low body image. Some participants claim that they only engage in social comparison with people they personally know and that this is often related to academic or athletic performance. One person said that, for me, it's like this, I only compare myself related to how I do in college, other than that, I don't compare myself. So, in sum, it seems like from this article that unhelpful body and food-related content might have a more negative impact on those who are susceptible or at higher risk for body comparison or social comparison. I think this is a really interesting article and I'm really excited for more uh, content related to TikTok and body image and food to come out of the quarantine especially. I actually attended the International um, Eating Disorders Association conference just a, a few weeks ago actually. and. It was really fascinating. There was actually a decent amount of content on social media, TikTok specifically, on how that has been helpful or harmful for people in eating disorder recovery. So I think there's lots of stuff in the works. We just need to wait for uh, it all to get published so that we can see it. Next, I wanna go over how this topic has been presented in the news. It's actually been pretty, a pretty hot topic. So recently NBC News did an interview with a 17-year-old girl named Kayla Long and not only did Kayla participate but several other um, young women in their teens um, also participated in this conversation on TikTok and body image and food. So Kayla said that Everyone has so much free time now, and this was in the quarantine, and wants to get in shape, so creators are promoting very unhealthy habits. Several women said that TikTok pushed them to fixate more on their diets and exercise regimens to a dangerous extent. Another person said that Fitspo images are back. So, for those of you who don't know, Fitspo is Fitspiration, so... Images that show people who um, have that body ideal of being fit and um, post content and people aspire to look like them or copy their workouts or copy their um, eating patterns to, to look like them. So this person said, fitspo images are back. Unhealthy eating habits are constantly documented, and it can make it really difficult to avoid relapse and eating disorder recovery when you're randomly shown content that glorifies eating disorders. A BBC News article titled TikTok Fear Videos May Trigger Eating Disorders notes that many of its users spend nearly half of their time on the app watching weight-related videos. Some viewers bought a membership, a gym membership, because they didn't think their bodies looked like the ones that appeared in TikTok videos. A lot of people who BBC talked to said that they see a lot of pro-anorexia content or thin thinspo content or thin thinspiration. They also said that they see a lot of um, weight loss videos and um, people eating low-calorie foods. TikTok creators also post low-calorie snack videos, diet trends, fasting, or videos, like I said, what I eat in a day under X calories. This can negatively negatively affect one's mental health and and contribute to additional stressors and triggers, which um, actually could potentially contribute to the development of an eating disorder. Of course, social media or TikTok alone cannot cause an eating disorder. There's so much that goes into the development and maintenance of an eating disorder. Their genetics biology is a huge one. Of course there are social and environmental factors that impact it as well, but um, I think it's important to remember that no one thing can cause an eating disorder, but certain things can certainly Make you uh, more predisposed to developing it if um, there was there were risk factors present already. So that's kind of what has has been seen in the news lately. It's a, a lot of it is really negative. Um, on the other hand, I was able to get feedback from TikTok users. Um, they were randomly gathered for, from the app. And most of them were very positive. So, Nola Tamir said um, that TikTok has been both helpful and hurtful. They said the variety of beautiful bodies and people I get to see and the encouraging content has helped me so much. Ray Ray Dudes said that I think being exposed to so many conventionally beautiful people can be damaging at times. But also, I have seen so much body diversity, which helps. Algamin said that TikTok has actually super helped me because everything is kind of aimed at you as a person. I get videos of people who feel similar to me about things like their bodies, and they'll have advice for for me or help me to feel not so alone in my growth or self-acceptance. And with food, I learn all kinds of things, and even easy recipes that just pop up that include a wider variety than I'm used to. I started trying new things a couple of weeks ago thanks to seeing videos and have been loving it. ct 4 said that they see normal, real bodies now, not perfectly posed bodies, and it has so healed my relationship with my body. Brit Marie 216 said that TikTok has helped me in a huge way with my self-confidence as a plus-sized woman. I have more confidence than I ever have. I've worn bikinis this year for the first time in my life. I finally started to realize my self-worth and I've really worked on my mental health. Another person said that TikTok made her feel like she should exercise all the time and run several miles a day. She said that she feels like people lie and aren't honest. She said they show you a day of eating, but that's not how people eat every day. She went on to say that body positive accounts are helpful, like Brittany Lancaster, for example, and that she's made a conscious effort to follow and like videos from accounts like hers. She also said that she actively tries to hit not interested if a video comes up for her that's triggering or unhelpful in fostering a positive relationship with her body and food. Additionally, I thought it would be helpful to include how TikTok has responded to this because obviously it it has been in the news a lot and people are talking about this topic. So TikTok said that Um, TikTok was built to provide a positive place for creativity, and we prioritize the safety and well-being of our users. We care deeply about the complex and multifaceted issue of eating disorders and are focused on expanding our partnerships, building upon our product, policies, and protective measures to provide additional in-app resources for this community. Content that supports or encourages eating disorders is strictly against our community guidelines and will be removed. So that's what they had to say about it. I hope that they actually act on it. But I think that, again, with the algorithm and the sheer volume of content that's being shared, a lot of stuff slips through the cracks. And um, I hope that they're able to find a way to to keep that stuff from slipping through the cracks. But I know that that's, it's a pretty large undertaking and kind of gets at, you know, a larger problem. But anyway, the thing that I wanted to close this episode out with is, you know, what do you do about this? If you're a TikTok consumer, what can you do to maintain or establish a positive relationship with food, and your body when you're constantly inundated with these negative, unhelpful videos. So the first tip I have is to follow more body neutral or body positive accounts. There are so many people out there. Like I mentioned, Brittany Lancaster is a great one. Um, Following people who, you know, are, are, positive about this sort of thing not trying to restrict their intake and who are confident and comfortable in in their skin and um also people who you know are very transparent about that 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 some days they have bad body image days and that's just part of being human and um you know, kind of show how they work through that. I think it's incredibly helpful. Also, increasing your exposure to body diversity. So, I don't think that that's something that is super hard to do on TikTok. Actually, I um, have seen so many different, <coughs> so many different people um, creating content in. A variety of different body sizes, types, of different racial and ethnic backgrounds, of different socioeconomic status. So, um, you know, one account, I can't remember the exact name of it, but there's a girl who um, is um, experiencing poverty and she posts how to, you know, nourish yourself when you don't have a lot of money to work with and you're on a budget. Um, I thought that that was really cool, and I I really like her content. So I'll have to look her up, and then I'll plug it in the notes um, if you want to check out her stuff. Also, like I mentioned before, you can click Not Interested when triggering content comes up. I think that this can be particularly challenging for people with eating disorders because there's kind of this push and pull between the the rational, recovery-focused part of that person and the eating disorder. And the eating disorder wants to see the triggering content. It wants to see the diet videos. It wants to see the exercise videos. But the recovery-focused part is like, that is not helpful for me in my recovery. I shouldn't be looking at this stuff. So I think as best as one can, Trying to click not interested when you notice that something is coming up that is triggering and and inconsistent with, with promoting that positive relationship with food and body is a huge part of being able to navigate and enjoy this app without letting it be harmful or hurtful to your recovery. Additionally, noticing what thoughts, feelings, and emotions come up for you when you see a triggering video. So, asking, what about this video might be stirring up this emotion for me? Um, what do I need in this moment to cope with this? So, sometimes people see videos and they bring about guilt. I should be eating like this person. I had this for breakfast, but they had this and this is quote-unquote much healthier so inquiring why might I like why do I feel guilty about eating the way that I do and not like this person why do I feel the need to, to eat like this person and it might be related to not feeling comfortable safe and confident in your current body it, it might be related to diet culture and the thin ideal Maybe that person in the video looks like they're in a smaller body than, than you are. And if any of those are the case, you know, asking yourself, what can I do to try to make myself feel more comfortable? What can I do to build myself up rather than tear myself down or make these unhelpful comparisons? So I will... um skip down to a couple of these other recommendations that I have, but but they're kind of related to this point anyway, so I figure I might as well just plug them up here. Um, so I think that ways that you can kind of try to make yourself feel more comfortable or to combat that negative comparison is to keep a top 10 list of things you like about yourself that aren't appearance related. So you know, I I like how kind I am. I, I like that I'm a thoughtful person and I I, I think about my family and friends and, and try to be there for them. I think I'm a great dog mom. I'm always there for, I take care of my pets. Um, I am a great cook. I um, do well in my job and... Um, I I support people. I'm, I'm a great friend. So listing off 10 things. You can write them down. You can print them out. Just having a list of things that you like about yourself that aren't appearance related. So when you start to go down that rabbit hole of tearing yourself down from a physical standpoint, you can see that you are fully deserving to show up in whatever body you are in you know, it, your worth does not pin solely on your weight or your appearance. There is so much more to who you are and to what makes you interesting and to what makes you an amazing person that has nothing to do with how you look. And I know that this is really challenging because diet culture and society constantly tells us that Our worth is really, uh, you know, superficial and has to do with how we look. And if we don't have this quote-unquote perfect body, that we don't deserve to show up or we aren't worth as much as somebody who, who does fit that ideal. So making that list, I think, is really helpful it's something that I did um, and that I still refer back to when I'm having bad body image days. Also, um, be mindful of your sensitivity to body and social comparison. So this is kind of related to what we were talking about in the research article. But if you're somebody who knows that they're sensitive to body and social comparison, the best thing actually might be to delete TikTok but if that is not something that you're willing to do, um, I know that there's a lot of good stuff out there and that it, it it's a fun app with you know some downsides and exceptions, but it might be more helpful to just delete the app. But if you can't get off of it, um, try to only interact with content that is non-food or body-related to try to trick the algorithm. So... You know, maybe on your For You page, um, a funny video comes up that that makes you laugh, liking that, maybe posting a comment, and um, continuing to like videos that come up that are like that, that make you feel good, that aren't body or food related, um, to get TikTok to show you more of that content and less of the food and body stuff. Also just appreciating all that your body can do and this sounds really simple but just you know when you wake up or before you go to bed making a list or commenting on all the things that your body allowed you to do in that day or is going to allow you to do. My body allowed me to get through my nine to five work day. It allowed me to take a walk with my friend. It allowed me to clean my house. It allowed me to bake a cake for my mom. So appreciating all of the things that your body can do, even if it's something that you think is really small, if you weren't properly nourishing your body, those were th- those would be things that you probably wouldn't be able to do. So just having that fundamental appreciation and respect for your body and everything that it allows you to do can be a really helpful way to combat, um, those unhelpful thoughts and feelings that come up when you're having a bad body image day or you're struggling with food or to eat. Additionally, wearing clothes that are comfortable and that make you feel good about your body. So, um, I will be super transparent, I have really bad GI issues, Um, I get a lot of bloating and discomfort in my stomach, and so when I am having a bad GI day, I make sure that I'm wearing, like, loose-fitting clothes, like, especially things that have, you know, stretchier loose waistbands for, like, around my stomach, or, um, you know, clothes that just fit better and make me feel more comfortable as opposed to something that would have like a really tight waistband and like make me feel even more uncomfortable due to the bloating. So that's something that I have personally found really helpful. Um, Also, reaching out to others for support when you feel triggered. So I think that struggling with disordered eating or a bad relationship with food and your body it can be really isolating and it's not something that a lot of people feel super comfortable talking about or want to share with other people but I think that opening up about those experiences you are not alone. Chances are we all have insecurities and struggle with body image and food from time to time, and I, I think that sharing those experiences with other people in a way that's not, you know, super triggering, obviously, trying to keep in mind your audience, but, um, you know, going to a trusted friend and saying, hey, I'm really struggling today with this, can we talk about it, or um, right now would be really helpful for me to just Lay on the couch and watch a movie or play a game or um, talk on the phone just to help you get through that difficult time. Also, seeking distraction if you are particularly distressed by some content that you've seen. I think that in those really overwhelmingly emotional, um, intense experiences or situations, What's best is to engage in a distraction to keep you from engaging in target behaviors or um, doing something that would be inconsistent with eating disorder recovery or um, promoting that positive um, relationship with food and body. So those are just a couple of things that I think can be helpful to combat the negative stuff that comes up on TikTok. Um, I hope that those are helpful for you, that any of those um, give you some sense of peace or um, help you to feel a little bit less alone and um, uncomfortable when those things come up for you. So overall, I think the take home is that TikTok really has the opportunity to be a helpful resource for people who struggle with body image and food. It also seems to be a helpful resource for people who, um, you know, want to try new foods or feel more confident and comfortable in their bodies regardless of shape or weight and feeling more at ease and less alone in the experience of weight gain and eating disorder recovery. Still, I think TikTok really needs to improve its recommendation algorithms, particularly where body and eating is involved, and removing content and tweaking these algorithms, I think, are really just band-aids on some pretty deep-seated wounds. Regardless, I think it's important to be aware um, and mindful of the impact TikTok has on your view of yourself so that you can try to curate your feed in a way that's more consistent with your values and self-growth that makes you feel like you deserve to show up, you know, regardless of your shape or weight, regardless of your your body or um, regardless of what you had to eat in the day so all in all you know I think that TikTok can be helpful but I think it's also harmful so I know that is not the best answer to the question that is included in the episode description but um Like most things, I think it's a combination of both. So if you guys have any comments or um, ideas or or just want to have a conversation about how TikTok has either been helpful or harmful for you, feel free to um, comment. Um, I think this is a conversation that should be had and um, I think it's really helpful for us to be transparent about How social media, TikTok, for example, um, can really influence how we feel about ourselves. So with that being said, thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope that this episode was interesting and helpful. And um, remember, it's good to grow. Thanks, guys. Have a good week.